is White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Deep hooray! It is gone! It's a no-hitter! Carlos Rodon! What a performance! Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Hey, it's Tyler Rocky with you on White Sox Weekly as we get set to start part two of the Crosstown series here between the White Sox and the Cubs. A beautiful, beautiful weekend here in Chicago. You cannot draw it up any any better than what we've got today here at Guaranteed Rate Field. We've got an awesome show for you planned out today. We'll get into everything between the Cubs and the Sox, and then we're going to talk to A.J. Pollock as well. That's coming up at 5. We will check in with Connor in about 15 minutes or so here on the show. And if you want to hop in as well, 312-332-3776 is the number to call. So much to get to, but the news of the day is Dallas Keuchel. The White Sox announced earlier today that he was designated for assignment. You just could see the struggle starting to build with him, and it was a move that the White Sox probably had to make right now. The reciprocal move, they're bringing up Danny Mendick from AAA Charlotte. Saw Danny a little bit earlier today. He's going to be back with the big club now. So you look at what is happening with the way that the White Sox have pitched this season. They have been one of the better staffs in all of baseball, and that has been even with Keuchel, who has struggled this season. Keuchel, 2-5 on the year, a 7.88 ERA, over 32 innings pitched and 20 strikeouts. Rick Hahn talked about a little bit earlier as well. We'll play some of his thoughts throughout the show too. But this was a move that for the White Sox, it feels like it's taking a step forward for them in terms of getting the pitching right. We've seen some really good stuff too with some of the other guys. And who knows, maybe this is a sign of things to come that Lance Lynn could be sooner, uh, could be ready sooner rather than later as well. He's set to start some rehab stuff this week, so we'll keep our eyes on that. By the way, Eloy Jimenez also will be starting his rehab assignment tonight. That according to Rick Hahn earlier today. So help is on the way for this White Sox team, 312-332-3776. If you want to chime in on the Dallas Keuchel news or anything that you've seen from the White Sox over the past week, it was a tough series against Boston where the White Sox surrendered 33 runs over three games, a pair of 16 spots by the Red Sox in that series. And Dallas started one of those games, the finale, the rubber match of that set, and Dallas had put together a couple of nice performances. He was really good against the Yankees here at Guaranteed Rate Field, and he was also good against the Red Sox earlier on. And you thought, okay, if Dallas can give you something every fifth day, this White Sox rotation is going to be really scary. But over the past couple of starts, he slipped off a little bit, and it's been tough for, for Dallas to sort of find a groove here as of late in this month of May. You look through uh, some of the things that he's done so far this season in terms of what he means to the White Sox. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit with A.J. Pollock, too. He's got the inside perspective of what Dallas really is as a leader inside that clubhouse. He's one of the elder statesmen. He's one of the guys that have won a World Series, that have major championship experience. He's won a Cy Young. In essence, he is one of the important pieces of this team. Unfortunately, he wasn't playing to the expectation of what Rick Hahn and company brought him in to do, and that was to be an effective starter and probably be on the rung of a a second or third guy in the rotation. But 
You look at some of the starts, and, and it really started to get bad over these last two, where he didn't last more than four innings in either and allowed six runs in each of his last two starts. Uh, also had a clunker earlier on against Cleveland as well, where he allowed seven earned runs, ten total, and only went an inning. So it's some of these shorter starts, and it has hurt the White Sox at times. And in all fairness to Dallas, there have been times where the defense hasn't been there to help him out as well. You look at it, I mean, he's allowed 33 runs total this season, 28 have been of the earned variety. So there have been some unforced miscues as well that have sort of hurt the White Sox and hurt Dallas and trying to make him dig out of some holes that have that could have been otherwise prevented. But this was a move that the White Sox felt like now was the time to make, and they're going to move forward. There have been some really good things that we've seen from guys like Vince Velasquez, and Rick Hahn talked about it a little bit as well, but the other day Velasquez came in and threw three really strong innings out of the bullpen and Velasquez is a guy that has been a starter for you for the bulk of this season and this is probably his chance to go in there and be that fifth guy. It seems like this team has not made any indications that they want to move to a six-man rotation, which is something that we've seen sprinkled across baseball with certain clubs, but it doesn't seem like the the White Sox are going to be one of those teams that is going to try to roll with six guys. And, And you can say what you want about, oh, well, you saw Michael Kopech, and he was so good the other day when he had some of the extra rest, but eventually you're going to have Lance, Lance Lynn back in this rotation, and when you're going to be able to tra- trot out a starting five in terms of a, a pitching rotation that features guys like Dylan Cease, and you've also got Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito, hopefully Lance Lynn, and then it'll be uh, Vince Velasquez as well as a part of that fold. And Johnny Cueto, too, who's been a revelation. He's on the bump today for the White Sox. Like, that's a good sort of mix that you've got. And in a season, two where the off days, it's weird. I'm saying this now because there's an off day yesterday, a rare Friday off day that you get in baseball, and then an off day on Memorial Day, another rare off day. But you're going to probably see this start to, you're going to see the log jam of games start to mount back up a little bit later on down the stretch. So it'll be interesting to see how this White Sox team navigates the pitching side of that. At a certain point, yeah, I guess that you'll see a six-person rotation, at least for stretches. Maybe not in totality from here until we get into the month of September, but I'd imagine there comes a time where, okay, there's double headers, or you might have an eight-game and seven-day stretch, something of that sort where you're going to need some extra arms and I think now you've got, uh, when when Lynn returns, you've got plenty of reliable options in that starting five. 312-332-3776 if you want to hop on in. What did you think of the Dallas Keuchel news? I don't think it came as a surprise necessarily to a lot of White Sox fans, but would you have liked to see him get tried out a little bit in the bullpen and maybe find a new role with this team or just kind of be given some spot starts here or there, maybe given a little bit of time off as well just to kind of recalibrate and get everything right? 312. 332-3776 is the number to call if you want to hop on into anything on your mind. White Sox on this White Sox Weekly. It's the start of round two of this 2022 Crosstown Series. If you remember, the White Sox swept it at Wrigley back in early May. It was, oh boy, those were two of the coldest games, not just this season, but really that you'll see two baseball teams play. Maybe it wasn't the coldest, but certainly one of the more miserable weather games that you'll see uh, in that series. But this is 
the complete opposite. You are going to get two beautiful days at Guaranteed Rate Field. At least that's what the forecasts are telling us right now. Uh, should be a, a great one today. Temperatures right now in the mid-70s. A lot of guys just in shorts and T-shirts as they take some of their warm-ups today. So it's good to see all that and the weather starting to finally turn on this Memorial Day around Chicagoland. 312-332-3776 if you want to hop on in. So just to kind of tie things up here with Dallas Keuchel, and we'll talk to Connor McKnight a little bit about it when he joins us in about five to seven minutes here. With Keuchel as a part of this mix, it felt like a, the offense really needed to get going on Keuchel's starts, especially the last two where you saw this team get dug into a hole early on, and it's tough to come back when you're down 6 nothing after the second inning. And for a team that has had its struggles offensively in the early stages of the season, you needed to have the starting pitching that gives you the best opportunity to, to win games. You needed to win some games because of pitching. And we've seen this White Sox team win plenty of games this season because of their pitching, whether it's performances by Giolito, Kopech, Cease, Johnny Cueto's been fantastic. And I think the best proof of that is in games where the White Sox score exactly three runs this season, so not a high offensive output by any stretch of the imagination, they're 11-3. and three. And that's a number that, okay, probably not going to be sustainable, but you know what else probably isn't a sustainable number? The White Sox scoring exactly three runs. I'd imagine these bats start to heat up, and once you get Aloy Jimenez back and Luis Robert hopefully going to be on the men soon, we did get an update from Rick Hahn that said that Robert was likely to be back um, in the not in this series against the Cubs, but hopefully in the next series. If not, then definitely against Tampa. So that is the, the hopes right now for Luis Robert and then Aloy starting that rehab assignment today out in Charlotte. So that's also good news for this White Sox team. And they they need the pitching right now. And to to have guys like Johnny Cueto step up have really been a godsend for this White Sox team and something that will hopefully continue over the course of this season and, and down the stretch because they're going to need it in October. I mean, you got a taste of what some of these American League teams can do with the bats so far this season, whether it's the Yankees when they came in and laid uh, back-to-back double-digit run games on you early, earlier in, the, in May, or whether it was against Boston this past week as well, where you saw the Red Sox get after it in two of the three games and walk away averaging 11 runs per game over the course of the three-game series. Two games where Boston had 19 hits as well. You're going to need a hit against this, and you're going to need to have the pitching against a lot of these teams. We have seen some really strong pitching, too, against some of those big bopping teams, like Giolito, what he had on Wednesday during uh, that Boston series where he was fantastic, only allowed one run. Michael Kopech was dominant and electric against the Yankees last week on Sunday Night Baseball. And then Johnny Cueto shut down that Yankees lineup as well. He had six shutout innings. So this team's going to need the pitching, and it was good to to have Lance Lynn taking steps forward. It seems like he's going to be back in relatively short order, so that's a good thing for this White Sox team. 312-332-3776 if you want to hop on into any of the White Sox conversation here. We're talking about Dallas Keuchel. The news today, he was designated for assignment by the White Sox. Danny Mendick will rejoin the club as the other move coming the other way here. So he will be back with the White Sox coming up 
starting today as the Crosstown Series resumes. First pitch coming up at 6.15. We've got the pregame show for you here starting at 5.30 on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Hey, Sox fans, don't miss your chance to see world-renowned EDM artist Cascade perform at Guaranteed Rate Field on Friday, August 12th. The seven-time Grammy nominee and Chicago native will play a postgame concert presented by Tito's after the White Sox face Detroit on Saturday at 6.10. For more information and to purchase your tickets, visit whitesox.com slash concert. Uh, one other note I want to get to before we hit the break and talk with Connor here. Um, the other news from the week was Joe Kelly. He hit the injured list for a 15-day stretch after he left the game against Boston with some hamstring tightness. Kelly looked like he was starting to turn the corner a little bit too, and he had actually he come in and he struck out the first two batters he faced, and then in, on that in that second batter on that last pitch that he threw to strike out uh, the Red Sox, he came up a little limp with that hamstring. So Joe Kelly, he is on the 15-day injured list, and the hope for him is to get him back in about three to four weeks. So that happened a couple days ago. So we will be on Joe Kelly return watch as well. When we come back, we're going to talk with the guy who's usually in this seat on Saturdays. Connor McKnight will join us on White Sox Weekly. We'll be right back on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Greeny, 10 to noon, weekdays on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Talking all things White Sox with you, 312-332-3776. And we are joined now by Connor McKnight, the man who you usually hear on White Sox Weekly, joins us from Guaranteed Rate Field. How are you doing on this lovely, lovely day, Connor? Fantastic. What a day for baseball we've got at the very, at, for nothing else. I mean, this is just, you know, we had a couple of good ones against Boston. This is a beautiful Saturday evening of for a White Sox-Cubs series, isn't it? I mean, you can't draw this up any better, and it almost feels like the baseball gods are rewarding these two clubs after what they went through at Wrigley in two of the most probably unbearable weather games that you will see in all of baseball. Absolutely frigid. That second one, I think, was under 50 real-time temp, and then you know how Wrigley Field can get with the wind coming through. I mean, anybody who's walked around on... You know, that area of the city knows it gets very frigid very fast and stays that way for a while. I mean, I think, you know, if memory serves, Tony La Russa, after that game, just kind of said, you got to throw that one out. That wasn't baseball. <laughs> right. that, was, that was just guys throwing a ball around with sticks, and none of it was really actually baseball. It was frigid cold. It was this more of a, nicer. a countdown to 27 from 27 to yeah. get to your end destination yeah, really there was, really for was. all of these teams. All right, so the news of today, Connor, Dallas Keuchel gets DFA'd. It's a move that I don't think Sox fans are overly shocked about, but what, what did you make of the decision for now being the time to let loose with Dallas Keuchel? You know, I've listened through uh, some of the stuff that Rick Hahn mentioned with when talking to White Sox beat reporters about the move itself. Um, I was I was a little surprised it happened uh, when it did. Uh, I thought maybe we one more turn with the off days that the White Sox had. You know, just looking for flexibility, knowing that you've got uh, guys that can throw innings, guys that you know can manage and, and space things out while you wait for Lance Lynn to return from the injured list. But you know, this is a team that's um, you know, this is a results oriented business, and the White Sox have their sights on the AL Central as they should. They are a 500 team, and. You know, with the way Dallas was throwing, I think I mentioned it to Len during the broadcast on was Saturday, Friday, Thursday night. 
the velocity was good, and right. the stuff just wasn't exactly you know good for where Dallas Keuchel wants to be, and um, just the stuff wasn't biting the way it went on to. So, you know, Rick kind of mentioned it. They have more confidence in other guys getting to the point they need to be, and and that kind of forced their hand. Um, apparently, the conversation between the two of them was a uh, a meaningful one, a heart to heart kind of thing. Um, you know, it's it's. This is the business the White Sox are in. You don't want to have to make too many of these kinds of decisions, but when it stares at you, you know, when it's telling you it's time to make a move, you got to make that move if you're going to win ballgames. You know, I look at it, too, from a leadership standpoint. I mean, that's a guy who's been through it. He's gone through the grind of winning a World Series. Say what you want about the Astros and how they won it, but Dallas Keuchel is one of those guys. I mean... Rick Hahn even alluded to it, too, that team dinner back in 2020 when he did sign and how meaningful that was and the team bonding aspect of things. That, to me, was a little bit surprising from a timing standpoint of, okay, you're not going to have Lance Lynn around for a little bit. He's another one of those sort of alpha dogs that you've got in your rotation. Um, But losing a guy like Dallas at this point in the season when you're battling the injuries that you are right now and you're at the inflection point in this season, too, where... You're a team that's sitting at 500, and you didn't expect to be at this point. Yeah, I think I think that's a valuable point about what Dallas has brought to this clubhouse. Rick was uh, very careful or very considered in, in pointing out what Dallas has added over the last you know year and a half, two years, uh, going all the way back to pre-pandemic stuff. Um, I, I think too, what's worth saying is that it sounds like, or at least looks like, the White Sox had Dallas learned a lot from him. You know, from a, how the operate, how, how the clubhouse thing operates. And then took those lessons and ran with them. You know, the Sox have a lot of guys like that now who are leaders uh, and can speak out and and talk about things that aren't just necessarily on-field baseball leadership things, but off-field baseball leadership things. You know know how Tim Anderson takes the reins and is more than willing to talk about what this game means to him, what this game means uh, to the community he works so hard to be effective in. Uh, Lucas Giolito has taken the reins in... Um, you know, labor negotiations. He's this team's uh, players association representative. So you, so you see things like that, and I, I don't think you should take those for granted if you're, you know, taking a look from the outside in and trying, checking out. Okay, what kind of clubhouse is this? What kind of roster is this? You know, how many um, how many times how how available are they to get back up off the mat? They have had to do that a couple of times, and I, I think you know that resiliency can be credited some to Keuchel, some of the lessons learned, and and some of the ways these guys have, have seized those reins on their own. So one thing that I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to spin a positive from the Boston series, because as a collective, whenever you allow 33 runs in a series, it didn't go well, Un- right? Unless you've scored 40, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. I would think it did not go well. But it felt like from an individual standpoint, there were some things that did go well. Andrew Vaughn was fantastic in that uh, third game of the series. Lucas Giolito gave you some good start, uh, a good start in that series. And then Jose Abreu seems like he's finally finding that rhythm that, that he really needed to get into for this team. Yeah, I, I think those are things you can absolutely point out. I would add A.J. Pollock as a guy mm-hmm. who is continuing to grind some of those A.B.s. I know you're going to talk with him later on yep. in the show. Um, I think A.J. is a guy that's going to be very valuable to this ball club's lineup. Um, for a while here during the season, and I think you know we've seen him get there and, and kind of stay around that very very close range, and be um, be valuable in this roster already. I I also think that you know as as you point out some of the positives, it, it's just you know I get the frustration that this team has had being at 500 that White Sox fans have had around this team. Like the expectations are there, they remain there. To you know Hans' credit and everybody else, they keep talking about this team the way they have the entire run. I think there's value to that. It's just, 
you know, you've seen some scenarios where, you know, Lucas has the great start. Andrew Vaughn, you know, does what he does. And yet other places, other areas around this team haven't also risen to that level. It feels like two things are working and one thing is it all right. at once, you know, kind of at a week at a time. And that one thing, um, more often than not, has kind of hindered this team from getting over the 500 mark and, and staying there for a while. Yeah, obviously, the schedule has been tough for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as you look around this league. And will continue to be tough over the next two or so it weeks. It will. It will. Toronto and Tampa are uh, playing probably not up to their level of expectations. You know, the individual, you know, Toronto wanted right. to be a lot better than this coming in. Tampa, I think, you know, wanted, well, Tampa's Tampa. But <laughs> they figure it, it out. Right, they'll figure it out. Um, but they're good clubs that, that, you know, the White Sox have a chance to take advantage of here, as even though they are, um, even though they're, they're tough matchups. So, you know, if this series against the Cubs, who are a team trying to find what matters for them in the future, you know, on a rebuild a little bit, get right here in two games, fix what's ailing you a little bit. You get Luis Robert back, hopefully, for the Tampa series. Sounds like that's going to be a, yeah. a for sure thing. Um, and you've got a chance to get yourself back to where you want to be. None of that happens, though, unless you fix some of the issues that ailed them during the Red Sox series. And it's, it's very much, it has been all year, this team is a talented one that has some issues that they can fix. It's it's very much an issue of agency, though. You know, some of these things have to be done by the guys on the field. You know, in live action, that kind of thing. You know, it's funny you bring that up. And Connor McKnight joining us here on White Sox Weekly because the the word I've sort of used for this White Sox team and why they are twenty two and twenty two. I guess the phrase I've sort of used is everything seems out of sync. You get a great pitching performance, but then the hitting's not there. You get a ton of runs from your your one through nine, but then all of a sudden the pitching falls apart a little bit. I almost look at it, it's like a a car, right? Like all of a sudden your your brakes go out, you fix the brakes, and then what do you know? The engine won't start. That's sort of the feeling I'm getting with this White Sox team through 44 games. I got a car just like that right now, actually. (laughs) You've literally described my drive to work here over the last couple of weeks. If it's not one thing, it's the other. I think that's true. I also think... You know, as as sound as this team can be, it's, you know we've seen how how much better the defense has gotten, particularly yes. on the mm-hmm. infield over the last month or so. I mean, my goodness, I believe one some... error over the last week and a half. I and I, say. and I think that was a pitcher throwing over to first. That's right. It was uh, serves it's Bennett Sousa. Bennett Sousa yep. mm-hmm. thrown over. I was going to say Vince Velasquez, but it's not. It's Bennett, and that's. You know, not that that's not an error, right? But right. That, that feels a little bit different than it does when an everyday guy is, is you know, going through a stretch like Tim had, it, just to be honest about some things. Um, that has shored itself up. Uh, but when you play as many, and this, is, this comes back to the offense, you play as many close games as the White Sox have, and each time you're asking Kendall Graveman or Joe Kelly, who's now on the IL, or Liam to come out there and protect the one-run lead, you kind of feel like, what? Well, I wish this were a three-run lead. Right. Yeah, I wish this were a four-run or five-run lead. Right. And then you can I mean, pitch some different guys. That kind of leverage, and this is why we, we talk about the innings that, that go on a bullpen's arm, it's not just the innings and not just the pitches thrown. It's how stressful were those pitches. You know, How many guys were in scoring position? How many relievers had to rescue a, a inherited runner situation, too? Not every pitch is created equal in this game. And I, I, we've seen that with how well the starters have pitched and how much pressure has been on this bullpen. That matters some too, and, and the hope is, and I, I think it's, I think it's a fair one, that this offense um, raises itself to a to a more runs per game situation, so that you don't have to keep asking the same thing out of a very good bullpen 
uh, to protect runs the way they have had to. It's the Wintrust Crosstown Series that's resuming here at Guaranteed Rate Field. The White Sox are getting to keep the trophy because they, they won it last year and they're guaranteed at least a split. So they, therefore, by the law of the Wintrust yes. Crosstown Series, you get to keep the trophy. The immutable law. It's, it's written into the trophy like Hammurabi's code. Exactly. I think, I think it's, it's, it's etched in. All, yeah, right. all like the, the terms right. and conditions are on the back. Um, but anyway... What are some of your favorite memories from this rivalry between the White Sox and the Cubs? You know, my absolute favorite memory uh, of this Crosstown series was, I think, one of the first. Yeah, it would have been the first one I covered in 2010. The Chicago Blackhawks had just won their first Stanley Cup of their three-cup run. Um, I covered a little bit of that for another shop and and doing that kind of work. Uh, And then covered the Cubs-Sox game at Wrigley Field that night. So the Blackhawks came out. They brought the cup. They put it on the mound. They took a three-team photo out there with the Hawks in the middle and the Cubs on one side, the Sox on the other. Then, as the game was going on, you have to remember, this was the first cup. So, like, Mm -hmm. getting your—now everyone in Chicago has a picture with the cup because it was here for the better part of a decade. Mm -hmm. So, oh, here's my picture with the Stanley Cup. You're like, great. I think it has temporary residence, actually. I (laughs) I think it did. Um, so, so everybody in the press box is is kind of like walking into this one booth where the cup was, and they were like, oh, yeah, if you want to take a picture with the cup, you can take a picture with the cup. So there I am with my dumb face, you know, <laughs> taking a picture with the cup, and I, I think I'm walking out of the booth, and Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB, is, is walking into the booth to get his picture, and I walk out, and I kind of see the scoreboard, and I go... Merck, do both guys have no hitters right now? And sure enough, it's the sixth inning, and everybody, you know, with all the hoopla and covering multiple stories and, all, you know, talking right. to Blackhawks players, you know, we were on assignment to get audio from Blackhawks players and, you know, Sox and mm-hmm. Cubs players at the time, and everybody starts going, oh, my God, Gavin Floyd and Ted Lilly both have dueling no-hitters into the sixth, and just seeing, you know, the whole working environment around the press box shift back into oh my goodness, we have a really big job to do. All of a sudden, I was you know, on the phone with my boss. Here's what's going to happen. If Gavin throws the no-hitter, you're down to the field. You're getting him on the station, all this kind of stuff. Juan Pierre broke up one hitter of one of the games, no-hitters. I think that was against Lily, and then I can't remember who broke up the other one, but it was, it was, one of the, it was a fun, fun game. And, it, and really, the, up until the Carlos Rodon hitter last year, the closest I'd come to being in person for a no-hitter. You know, those are two great baseball names, too, of, right? the, of the past. Gavin Floyd and Ted Lilly. Oh, two of the best. Yep. Just gamers, both of them. For Connor, sure. appreciate it. And I'm sure that Stanley Cup photo made for a nice Facebook profile yeah, picture it was, for quite some time, It was the profile too. photo for a little while. Yeah, just up until I uh, yeah, up until I, I found my way into a post-game celebration and, and got a picture with the Conn Smythe, which I thought was cooler. You know, not everybody had one. Right, so. that's true, yep. All right, Connor, appreciate you joining us here on White Sox Weekly. He's talk. got the call with Darren Jackson coming up later on today. First pitch at 6.15 from Guaranteed Rate Field. Before we step aside for a quick break, let's pause 10 seconds for station ID across the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. From the First Midwest Bank, a division of Old National Bank, State Street Studio. This is WMVP, WSHE HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, when we come back, I want to hear from you. I want to know what are your favorite moments from this Crosstown Rivalry series. Uh, we, there's so many. They've been going on for years now. So let's hear some of your favorites. 312-332-3776. We'll do all that when we return here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. We're on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. 
Welcome back to White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. It is the return of the Wintrust Crosstown Series between the White Sox and the Cubs, and we've got a beautiful day for it on ESPN 1000 and across our White Sox Network. Guaranteed rate field. The sun is out. A little bit of cloud coverage right now, but it is going to be a beautiful day for baseball here on Chicago's south side. We're getting some of your favorite moments from this Crosstown series that we've seen over the course of a handful of years now. And it's one of those things where, do you even feel like it's a rivalry too? I'd love to hear your favorite moments, your thoughts on the rivalry, all that stuff. 312-332-3776 if you want to hop on into the conversation. One of my all-time favorite moments from this series came back in 2006 and uh, coincidentally, the man in charge of that moment is here at the park. He's going to be on the TV call with Len Casper, A.J. Pierzynski. This is what A.J. Pierzynski did back in 2006. And remember, this is just a few uh, weeks removed from the Michael Barrett incident, which obviously lives in infamy in this series as well. But listen back to this. This is A.J. Pierzynski, uh, top of the ninth, over at Wrigley Field off of Ryan Dempster. Pierzynski with two outs, top of the ninth, well hit, right field, White Sox take the lead. A.J. Pierzynski says take that, Cubs fans. Oh, take that. We hear that on the ESPN 1000 network a lot, don't we? Uh, But that's one of my favorite moments from this series. It's just some of these electrifying atmospheres. And one of my favorite parts, I, I found that video on YouTube, and I went back and watched it today, and you just see both the agony and the celebration because it is a stadium that is split between Cubs and Sox fans. We'll see plenty of Cubs fans here, just like we saw plenty of Sox fans on the north side a couple weeks ago. And that's the beauty of it all is everyone gets to come together. And sure, there's trash talking here and there. And we haven't had a ton of series where both teams are really good at the same time as well. Obviously, the the White Sox with the upper hand over this Cubs roster right now. But it's one of those things and it's the cliche of sports throw the records out in these rivalry games but for this series it certainly has felt like that now the White Sox have gotten the better of the Cubs since the White Sox have gotten off to some good starts in their seasons and have been playoff caliber teams but you have to have your guard on for this series at all times because there's 27 guys on the other side that would really like to to make a statement and a lot of those guys I mean it's a young Cubs roster on the other side, much like what we saw with the White Sox a couple years ago when there was the infamous Eloy game, and this happened when Eloy Jimenez had the late heroics against the Cubs. Jimenez in the air, left field, he's your hero tonight! Welcome to Wrigley! He cracked the bat on that swing and still drove it out of the park, the bat shattered in his hands. Oh, that one lives in infamy as well. The thanks, Cubs, from Jason Benetti over on NBC Sports Chicago. And it's these moments like that that really make these rivalries fun and really get people excited to come out to the ballpark and see fans from both sides of this rivalry. So 312-332-3776 is the number. What are your thoughts on the Cubs and Sox rivalry? Is it a rivalry? What are your favorite moments from it as well? There's so many that you can kind of go through over the course of the the years that these two teams have met up because they didn't always play against each other, but it certainly has been a fun part of 
the baseball schedule every single year when the city can come together and celebrate both of their teams. Obviously, there's the, the Crosstown uh, Cup as well that goes with it, presented by Wintrust, that these teams are playing for. The White Sox are going to retain the Cup because it is a tied series at worst for the White Sox. If they go out today, they do clinch that series, and they will go for a sweep should they uh, be able to on Sunday for the four-game set. Usually we would see this in a six-game set. It has since been uh, four, except for the times when the AL Central and NL Central are slated to meet up. And then, of course, in uh, the the times of 2020, in the pandemic-shortened season when the divisions only played each other, the Centrals and the Centrals. So that was certainly uh, a lot of meetings there. And one of the more iconic ones, too, when Jose Abreu went out and absolutely tortured the Cubs in that, that series in, against them back in 2020. And Jose has been fantastic against the Cubs, too, over the course of his career. He's batting three fifty one with a six sixty two slug. He's got 10 doubles, 12 home runs and 31 RBIs in 38 career games against the Cubs. Just let those numbers settle in a little bit. And a guaranteed rate field, it gets even better, actually. He's 27 for 67, so he's batting 403 with four homers and 15 runs batted in in those 17 games here at guaranteed rate field. So he has absolutely mashed Cubs pitching, and we'll look to see Jose try to do that again against Keegan Thompson, who gets the ball for game one today. He'll go against Johnny Cueto, and then tomorrow it will be... Uh, who do we? Uh, Dylan Cease will get the ball against uh, Marcus Stroman for the Cubs in this one. So, going to be a great series here from Guaranteed Rate Field, and the weather certainly looking like it's going to cooperate as well. 312 If you want to hop in with any of your White Sox and Cubs, Wintrust Crosstown Series reactions and, and thoughts and, and anything that you love about this. Maybe you're headed out to the park right now. What do you love about going to these games? I remember my first time going to the Crosstown Series. I want to say it was back in 2019. It was a game that uh, it was at Guaranteed Rate Field, and it was just a great atmosphere to be around sitting out in the, the right field bleachers of Guaranteed Rate Field, and you, you see the fans from both sides, and it's always fun going to the game with fans from both sides as well. So we'd love to hear from you if you're on your way to the game, making it a day at the ballpark today. 312-332-3776. When we come back, I do want to play a little bit of sound of what we heard from Rick Hahn earlier today. He met with the media, a sort of impromptu press conference for Rick Hahn after the move that was made today. Dallas Keuchel getting DFA'd and also some other things that he addressed in terms of his patience with the team and a debacle that this team is going to be facing in all likelihood when they go to Toronto. That's coming up later on this week. It's White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Hey, entertain your group in the CIBC Fan Box, the only luxury suite on the main concourse. Enjoy customizable food and beverage options this season. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com slash sweets. We will hear from Rick Hahn when we return on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Chicago's home for sports. You've got us. ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. White Sox and Cubs as the Wintrust Crosstown Series continues here from Guaranteed Rate Field. Start of a two-game set against the North Siders today. 
It is Johnny Cueto getting the ball. He's looking to keep that ERA at triple zeros. He's going up against Keegan Thompson, who's been fantastic on the other side. He's been one of the young revelations for the Northsiders. 4-0 with a 154 ERA. Johnny on the other side. He's got two shutout six-inning starts so far. The first White Sox pitcher to ever do that in their first two starts of the season. 312-332-3776 if you want to talk anything White Sox or get into the, this rivalry with the Cubs, some of your favorite Cubs and Sox moments, we'd love to hear from you. 312-332-3776. Rick Hahn had a quasi-press conference earlier today. He met with the media talking about Dallas Keuchel and everything that went down today. Again, the news of the day is that Dallas Keuchel has been designated for assignment. He will no longer be a part of this White Sox team. And that came on the heels of back-to-back starts where he allowed six runs apiece. Um, really two tough ones for Dallas. There was some speculation, oh, could he go to the bullpen maybe? Um, but that ultimately the White Sox figured, off, figured out that they would be better off without him on the roster. Here's what Han had to say about the decision to DFA Dallas. Obviously the, the news from today primarily is about Dallas Keuchel. Uh, before I open it up for questions, I'd just like to uh, make sure we have the, the proper context here for his contributions. Uh, obviously, this club, uh, for the first time in, in franchise history, made the postseason in back-to-back seasons in 20 and 21. And that very likely doesn't happen without Dallas's contributions over those two seasons. Obviously, in 2020, he was in the, I believe, top five or six for Cy Young. Uh, last year, especially in the first half, he had some important victories for us, uh, all against Toronto and I think Tampa at our place, is my memory. So uh, he certainly delivered for the first half or so of this contract what we were looking for. Obviously, uh, the stretch of this season outside of some impressive performances against Boston and New York, as well as uh, many of the starts in the second half of last year showed that he uh, wasn't quite up to the task of what we needed from this year. So uh, while we certainly wish him well in his next stop, uh, I just want to make sure that his contributions aren't lost here. Now, a big thing that he brought up there is what, what Dallas meant, all right? A lot of people talk about this free agency across all sports, how certain guys sort of set the tone and make you seem like a serious team that wants to go out and win. And I think Dallas... His arrival to this White Sox team certainly sort of signaled that, that this team was serious about contending for World Series and getting to the playoffs. And it shouldn't be lost that Dallas is a part of a team that went to back-to-back postseasons for the first time in franchise history. There's certainly signs of progress there that Dallas kind of helped build this team out to be and show that they want to contend for a World Series. They're serious about winning and winning now. And ultimately, we've seen that play out a little bit with a couple of postseason appearances, and they're trying to make it three straight now. And for a team that had never gone to -to back-to-back, all of a sudden putting yourself in position to potentially go and get to the postseason in three straight years is a significant stride and one that the White Sox hope they don't stop at two or three or four, that this is a long, drawn-out process because of the fact that you have so many great young pieces on the team, including in your pitching rotation, from what we've seen out of Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, Dylan Cease, all those guys. And that, to me, should not be lost on the impact that Dallas made. He certainly was a leader in that locker room. 
And this is one of the things, too, with Keuchel, there are other options on this team. And for Han, he talked about how Keuchel and the alternatives that were out there for this White Sox pitching staff and rotation kind of made this decision a little bit easier for him. It had gotten to the point where we had greater level of confidence in the alternatives going forward. Obviously, Lance is working his way back. Uh, Vince has shown uh, some dependability in certain stretches and how he's been used. As I mentioned the other day, the kid Davis Martin did a nice job for us when we called him up. So uh, it was a level of confidence that one of the alternatives probably gave us a better chance on, on those opportunities as they arise here. And that's certainly a valid point. I mean, you look at what Vince Velasquez has done this season. He's appeared in eight games. He's made seven starts. His three-inning appearance out of the bullpen the other day against Boston was fantastic, albeit it was a blowout in that game. But he came in, gave you some much-needed innings, and Vince Velasquez, for a guy who, in all likelihood, when people get healthy, probably slots in as a five, that certainly makes things a lot easier. Johnny Cueto, who's pitching today, he's been fantastic for you. Obviously, he's not going to go out there and throw six shutout innings every single start, although that would be nice, wouldn't it? But if he can go out there and be a meaningful fourth starter on this team, maybe even a fifth starter too, that pays off big dividends. It gives you roster flexibility. And I think the arrival of Cueto probably made this a lot easier. Han even said as much a little bit when he was talking about it with the media earlier today. And I think the Johnny Cueto arrival made a lot of things a lot easier for this White Sox team. A, knowing that, oh, Johnny Cueto could be our fifth starter once Lance Lynn comes back. That makes things and makes you feel a lot better as Rick Hahn. Also makes you feel better as you approach the trade deadline where you might not be able to go out and make as many moves because you made some trades last year. Uh, the farm system isn't what it used to be because all those players are up on the big clubs now. And, and that's part of what you do when you go out there and you go through a rebuilding process like the White Sox did. Eventually, you get to a point where you groom those players so you don't have to trade them when this time comes. And that's sort of where this team is at right now from a White Sox vantage point. You don't want to have to trade some of these guys on the big club because you want to have that sort of depth on your roster when you get into October and, and get deeper and deeper in the playoffs because that's the next step for this White Sox team is going out there and doing some damage in October. It's cool to get there, and that's certainly a building step, but the next step of all of that is winning playoff series and ultimately getting to and winning the World Series. One other thing that Rick Hahn talked about, too, is his patience level, too. And, and this is something, 40, we're, we're playing game number 45 today, right? The, the, the record right now is not what White Sox fans thought it would be at 22 and 22. And I don't think a lot of Sox fans would have guessed that as we sit here on May 28th, they would be second place in the division, let alone it being a five-game gap between them and the Minnesota Twins right now. But here's what I would say is that there is still a lot of baseball left to be played. It depends on your, your definition of when you start to really dive into the standings. I think everyone's a little bit different of when you start to, to monitor the rest of the AL Central and sort of where your slot in the pecking order is. But right now, as we sit at the end of May, the White Sox are in second place in the AL Central. Now, 
I'd imagine the Twins' schedule, I don't have it up in front of me right now, but it will get more difficult. Right now they're in a stretch of 15 games where they are exclusively playing the Twins and the Royals, and those two teams are the bottom feeders right now in the AL Central. The White Sox are in a stretch right now where they're playing some of the best teams in all of baseball. I know the record may not look like it on the side of the Boston Red Sox, but they came in as one of the hottest teams in baseball, and their bats showed up accordingly here at Guaranteed Rate Field. The Yankees, one of the best teams in baseball, and you took two out of three of them, including a sweep of a doubleheader at their place, and you also had a four-game set with them where you you lost three games of the four-game set. So the White Sox are going through a challenging stretch right now from a schedule standpoint. Obviously, the rivalry aspect of this one, this two-game set against the Cubs, and then in the coming weeks when you've got teams like Tampa Bay, Toronto, L.A., that being the, the Dodgers, and uh, you've got Houston, too, coming up for this White Sox team. That's going to be a challenge for the White Sox. And I think right now, if you can tread water through this period of time, you will be rewarded on the back end of it when the schedule eases up and you get some of the Baltimores and the, the bottom of the divisions, more games with Kansas City and Detroit. If you can take care of business in those games, the division is still going to be there. And it would be nice for the White Sox to have a, a stretch of easier games down the road, too. And not just that, but games against the Twins even as well. And you can... That's the easiest way to close the gap in a division is by going up against the division leader and taking care of business against a team like Minnesota. More of those are on the horizon eventually for the White Sox. It is weird because last year in the beginning portions of the season, it did feel like there were a lot of games in the Central, and it hasn't felt quite like that early on here in this 2022 season. So one other thing that that Rick Hahn talked about was the patience that he has with this team and why he's making some of the moves that he has and why he could make some of the moves that he will down the road. I try to be patient. We all try to be patient. I think I don't think that anything should be read beyond the decision of Dallas Keuchel, beyond it was time to move on to Dallas Keuchel. No one in there needs a message sent via a roster move to one of their teammates. Everyone knows where they stand. They know what our expectations are, and they know where improvement needs to take place. That decision was about putting us in the best position to win going forward and feeling like this this wasn't wasn't getting it done, this wasn't cutting it, it was time to try something different. Uh, my hope, my sincere hope, is that's the last such decision we have to make along those lines for the rest of the way. Uh, obviously, if, if it isn't, we'll deal with that in, in due course, and we've obviously... Jerry on down have shown the willingness to make that decision when the time is right. And that's an interesting point that Rick makes there because when he talks about the sending a message aspect of this move, was this to send a message to the rest of the clubhouse saying, hey, we're better than a 2020 or 22 and 22 team right now. This is not the way that we should be playing baseball, and we're willing to go out there and cut one of the leaders on this team, a guy who's won a Cy Young, he's won a World Series, he's done just about everything that you can do in the game of baseball and, and in terms of a resume-building aspect of things. And we're going to go out and, and say, you know what, we're actually going to be better off without him on this team. One of the leaders, we're going to cut him from this roster. 
I think there is something to be said about, okay, I'm sure someone in that locker room maybe sees it as sort of sending a message that we're willing to part ways with a guy of this stature. Rick Hahn doesn't see it that way, but you never know what, what things are like between the ears of the, the 27 men, 28 men that are in that locker room. I think, though, that you've got a bunch of guys there who have been to the playoffs, who have won World Series in that locker room, that know okay, we know what it takes to get there. They, I don't think there needs to necessarily be a message that gets sent to some of those guys out there in the locker room. So that, that's one of the, the interesting things that Rick Hahn had to say. This is another thing, too. This is something that could be coming up down the road as well for this White Sox team. So the trip to Toronto is coming up this week. Right after this series with the Cubs, the, the White Sox will be there Tuesday through Thursday for a three-game set with the Blue Jays. And one of the things that a lot of baseball is dealing with right now is the border differential and playing in a different country like Canada because the vaccine rules are different north of the border. And that would require the the White Sox to be 100% vaccinated if they do end up rostering every single player and all of them making the trip out there. But Han talked a little bit about what that experience is going to be like, and the White Sox potentially missing some players when they do go and play against the Blue Jays. Uh, we, we will wind up making a couple of roster moves before we get to Toronto. Yeah, uh, it, uh, in terms of the specifics, those will wait for Monday or Tuesday, but uh, our, our current active roster is not 100% vaxxed. As a result, we the uh, two players who will likely need to be replaced when we when we get there. But we got a couple more games to play before we, we get to that point. Uh, similar to what other teams have had to deal with on, on their way in. Certainly uh, respect the fact that that's the, the law of the land up there. We'll be, we'll be compliant. So you heard that a couple of players going to need to be replaced. No details right now. We'll find that out when we get there. And, of course, we'll bring that to you here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Pre-game between the Cubs and the White Sox coming up at 5.30, the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. And then first pitch, 6.15, it'll be Connor McKnight and Darren Jackson. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight today on White Sox Weekly. Be even closer to the action this season, located directly behind home plate. The Trust Scout seats offer access to our newly designed luxury club experience with all-inclusive food and beverage in-seat service and parking. Plans include flexible payment plans and 2022 postseason opportunities as well. For more information, call or text 3 3- one two six seven four one thousand, or visit whitesocks.com. When we come back, we'll get you some of the lineups for today and also a little bit of a deep dive into Johnny Cueto. What's made Johnny so good this year? What's made him click? We'll get into all of that and more when we return on White Sox Weekly. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional-grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Shop North. Recap the game. Cap and J-Hood, mornings on ESPN 1000. Grab your friends and head to the park for Miller Lite, Reachers, and Brews. Get one ticket and two beers starting at $27 all season long. Must be 21 and over with a valid ID. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash brew. 
one of the best deals that you'll find in all of baseball there, the bleachers and brews that the White Sox have. It is the Crosstown Series. It is White Sox and Cubs coming up from Guaranteed Rate Field. First pitch at 6.15. The FanDuel pregame show gets going at 5.30. Connor McKnight and Darren Jackson have the call for you at that aforementioned 6.15 first pitch. Let's get you the lineups for today. First with Johnny Cueto on the mound for the White Sox. He'll be backed up in the field by Tim Anderson at shortstop. He's hitting leadoff. Number two in the order today is Josh Harrison. Andrew Vaughn will bat third after his spectacular performance against the Red Sox. He's out in right field. Jose Abreu will play first base and bat cleanup. Yasmani Grandal behind the plate in the five hole. A.J. Pollock out in left field. A.J. is going to join us, by the way, at 5 o'clock here on White Sox Weekly. You're not going to want to miss that. And then Gavin Sheets, he's in the seventh spot, DHing. Jake Berger over at third. And Adam Engel hitting ninth and playing center field. You may notice no Johan Moncada in that lineup there. That is because he's dealing with a little bit of soreness right now. Tony Larusa did say earlier today that he will be available to pinch hit and pitch, pinch run as well if needed. So we could see Johan Moncada, and that's always valuable to have a switch hitter off the bat. But obviously, you'd look, like to have a guy like Johan Moncada in your starting lineup every single day. So hopefully we'll see him back on the field sooner rather than later. Um, on the other side for the Cubs, Keegan Thompson gets the ball for David Ross. Keegan so far this season 4-0 with a 154 ERA. They're 1-9. Chris Morrell, he's been one of the late revelations in the Cubs lineup. He'll bat leadoff, followed by Wilson Contreras, who's doing the catching today. Ian Happs out in left field, hitting third, and then Patrick Wisdom over at third base in the cleanup spot. Frank Schwindel will DH. Alfonso Rivas over at first. Nico Horner at shortstop. Rafael Ortega out in right field, and Andrelton Simmons will occupy second base and hit ninth for the Northsiders. One thing that I did want to get to today is Johnny Cueto and and kind of what he's meant to this White Sox team so far in his two starts. I know the sample size, obviously not there right now in terms of the the number of starts, but the, the fun that it has brought and I think the optimism that it has sparked for a lot of White Sox fans has been an absolute joy to watch Johnny Cueto. And who would have thought that coming into this season that Johnny Cueto would actually be one of the guys who would be propelling your rotation? You know, I kind of likened it to what we saw out of your mean Mercedes. And again, your mean did it over a longer stretch than what we've seen out of Johnny so far. But there were injuries, there was a need. And what do you know? You had this one guy who had kind of been counted out. And all of a sudden, they'd come up and given some really meaningful contributions to a team that really needed it. And that's exactly what Johnny Cueto has done. He's been one of those guys who's kept this boat afloat right now. And without him, I mean, I know it's only been two games, but there's a chance that maybe the White Sox right now are four games under 500 instead of at 500. And Cueto, even though he doesn't have a decision to his name, he's had a couple of tough luck no decisions so far this season. That's been... One of the things that he's he's dealt with, and he, there have been leads that have been surrendered uh, after Cueto has exited ball games this season. He's gone six innings in each of his first two starts. Each of them, he has not allowed a single run so far. So that is certainly a, a promising thing with a guy like Johnny and what he's done and meant really to this team. But you look at what he's done. So he did it against Kansas City when he came in, and a lot of people said, "Oh well, it's Kansas City. Let's see you do it again." 
oh, what's your next start? It's going to be the Yankees? Well, what do you know? Johnny Cueto goes out there and throws six shutout innings, allowed six hits, no runs, and also had five strikeouts in that. The stuff's looked good. The stuff has looked really, really good with Johnny Cueto, too. It feels like a turning back of the clock for a guy like Cueto. But uh, Lamont Pope from the Chicago Tribune had a great piece today about the three sort of numbers that highlight Johnny Cueto's early success with the White Sox. So number number one that I'll give you here is six. And according to uh, Elias, he became the first pitcher in franchise history with six-plus scoreless innings pitched in each of his first two appearances with the teams. That's a, a stat that we've given you a little bit here on White Sox Weekly and on, on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network is talking about the the real like history that he is making with this team in his first two starts. And I think that goes to show you how impactful he's been. Now, he did have he doesn't have a decision to his name, which I'm sure again, pitcher wins and losses, that's obviously a big topic of debate in baseball statistics circles about the impact and the meaning behind it. But I think nonetheless, the White Sox it'd be good to get Johnny Cueto out there and maybe he doesn't have to pitch as many pressure packed innings as well. I think that would be something that would even further the the success levels of Johnny Cueto because he's gone into some stressful innings. And I'm not saying like he's created stressful innings for himself in terms of allowing base runners. He obviously hasn't done a lot of that in his first two starts with the team. But what he has done is he hasn't pitched with a lead or he's pitched with a very minimal lead for the bulk of his White Sox career. And that's the reason why he has yet to get that um, that that elusive first win, even though he has been dominant in his first two starts. The next number that Lamont points out here is the number 12. That is Cueto's scoreless inning streak. It's the third longest by a Sox starter to begin his career with the team since 1974, according to stats. Ken Brett is the one with the most. He's got 17. That came back in 1976. And Blackjack McDowell, second with 13. That came in 1987. So Johnny today, if he can throw another six shutout against this Cubs lineup, he will break that record. So something to look out for today out of the arm of Johnny Cueto, who's been so, so good for this White Sox team. A real revelation in that starting rotation. And then this last one, .191. So what is that? That is currently what opponents are hitting against Johnny Cueto so far to start the season. Eight hits over the course of 42 at-bats. He has walked four guys as well, but the walks really haven't been an issue. They've been kind of meaningless and and stress-free walks that Johnny Cueto has induced to this team. And, I mean, if he's a guy who's going to be healthy, and maybe he's a guy that... With Vince Velasquez, you can every once in a while give Johnny a little bit of extra rest and slot a guy like Velasquez in there to make a start here and there, or in the case of doubleheaders, I think it's going to be a good thing. Now, Johnny is scheduled to pitch in the next series against Toronto. That's because there is rest involved, though. Obviously, the teams had their day off on Friday, and there's also going to be that Memorial Day off on Monday for Johnny, so he's going to make his start today and be back at it on Thursday against the Blue Jays. So it'll be good to see Johnny Cueto get a couple of of really important starts for this team. I mean, that Yankees game was an important start for this team. Game one of a doubleheader after an emotional Saturday loss to the Yankees, and you bounce back and shut out one of the best offenses in all of baseball. That was really, really important for this White Sox team, and 
that series in general, a lot of people thought could be the launching point for, okay, the White Sox can get out of this stretch of being at or around 500, and you can start to see them put together some winning streaks and go on like that six-game winning streak that we saw earlier this season. So that, to me, is something that I'm going to be watching with Johnny Cueto, the 191 average. We'll see what he can do against this Cubs lineup in another important game because now you're going to have to start to string some of these together, show that you can do this over the course of a couple of starts because, yes, it has been impressive through two for Johnny, but we would love to see more and more out of him as we continue across this uh, this long, long MLB season. Injuries happen, obviously. The White Sox are dealing with some right now when you look at the the rotation and Lance Lynn and all that stuff. So we will actually get you some White Sox injury updates. We'll do that when we come back in just a little bit. But first, join us for Family Sundays at Guaranteed Rate Field with tickets starting at $10 and parking for only 15 Bring your family out to the ballpark for a day full of fun. Family Sundays are proudly presented by Coca-Cola. Visit WhiteSox.com slash Sundays to purchase your tickets today. When we come back, we will dive into some of the injury news, some good news, also some non-news as well, but just some updates to some injury prospects for the White Sox right now. I think most of it's good. We'll tell you all about that in just a little bit when we come back. Also, we are going to talk to A.J. Pollock. That is coming up a little bit later on at 5 o'clock. The number to call, 312-332-3776. We'd love to talk all things about the Wintrust Crosstown Series with you. If you got any favorite moments from this one between the Cubs and the White Sox over the years that they've been playing, give us a call, 312-332-3776. White Sox Weekly will be right back on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Carm and the Good Kid, noon to 2, weekdays on ESPN 1000. Reconnect with your group at Guaranteed Rate Field this season. No matter the occasion, we have a variety of spaces that are sure to meet your needs. After all, White Sox games are better with the group. For more information, get, visit WhiteSox.com slash groups. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight. Connor will be on the call with Darren Jackson. That's coming up a little later on at uh, 6.15, our first pitch, and then I'll have the FanDuel White Sox pregame show starting at 5.30 for White Sox and Cubs as the Crosstown Series continues. 312-332-3776. Let's check in with Kyle. He's in Hoffman Estates. Kyle, what's on your mind? Yeah, so I know you guys are doing Cubs Sox memories. Um, I, I was at two of the most famous games. My dad would have season tickets to the Sox. Um, so I was at the Valentine walk-off, mm-hmm. and that was an interesting game. If you remember, Billy Koch was supposed to have the save. I think it was 3-2 Sox was back in 2003. And then, of course, he blew it. I think he blew like 10 saves that year. Uh, Patterson hit the sacrifice fly, I think. And then Valentine came in. They, the Cubs put an alpha stake up, and Valentine hit a shot to right field that's still going as we speak. And, of course, it just went nuts. At, uh, at old U.S. Cellular Field, now known as Guaranteed Rate. Mm-hmm. And then I was also at the Zambrano game, uh, where Zambrano, just, he wasn't exactly in the best of moods, and he had <laughs> yep. it with Lou Pinella, and uh, what they put in? I think they put in Gorzolani after uh, after uh, he uh, only went like an inning, because he didn't really have it that day, and he had some words with Lou Pinella, and everybody was like wondering, where's where's them? And I think the, the public address announcer announced that Gorzolani was coming in, and we're like, I guess he got the boot, but then we found out when we got back to our tailgate lot that uh, that Pinella said, your, your day's done, sir. 
And uh, so I was at both of those famous games between the Cubs and Sox at U.S. Cellular. I think were there words had with either a bat or a, a water cooler as well with Carlos Zambrano in that game, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah, I think yeah, I think he punched the cooler. Now I was in the the left field seats for that game, okay, which stunk because our seats were usually the third base side, so you could mm-hmm. see inside the dugout. Okay, but it was getting really expensive that year for tickets, so we got the left field seats because they were they were cheaper. Um, but uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> That was awesome. I didn't go. And I had a I had a baseball game that that night for the the Carlos Lee walk off. Um, that was back in two thousand one. But my cousin and, and my uh, mom and sister were there. And uh, when when Lee hit the walk off grand slam against the Cubs back in two thousand one, and my my mom was a huge Cubs fan. She didn't speak for half an hour. She couldn't <laughs> believe that Lee hit the walk off to to beat the Cubs. But uh, yeah, so, so so those three games memorable to me. And then, of course, the Zambrano game and the uh, the Valentine game I was at. Those are two really good ones there. And, Kyle, we appreciate the call. If anyone else wants to share their favorite memories from the White Sox and the Cubs over the course of time, 312-332-3776. 312-332-3776 if you want to hop on in on White Sox Weekly. Yeah, those are some good ones right there. There certainly have been plenty over the years. I think one that... White Sox fans probably feel a little bit slighted that they couldn't appreciate and, and indulge in a little bit more. Came in 2020, remember that three-home run performance by Jose Abreu, and I rattled off the numbers of Jose's success that he's had against this Cubs team um, hitting the baseball. He's been unbelievable against the north side pitching. But that three-home run performance he had against the Cubs uh, in 2020, but unfortunately no fans in the stands there to see it, so everyone sort of got a glimpse of it through the the television and that's the extent of it but i think that's one that if we had fans in the stands for we would be talking about that as one of the great all-time moments but i feel like not having fans in the stands sort of took away and obviously there are reasons why that stuff had to be done but i think that's another one of those great moments in this rivalry series three one two three three two three seven seven six if you want to jump on in i would do want to spin around and go through some of these injuries that are surfacing for the uh, the White Sox and, and some notes about the lineup as well. So I guess we'll start with the main roster move from today. And we've touched on it a little bit. But in case you're just joining us, just hopping in your car, maybe you're on your way to the game right now. The White Sox designated Dallas Keuchel for assignment today. That means he will no longer be with the team, and Danny Mendick will join the team. He's jumping up from AAA Charlotte, so good to have Danny back on the big team. And then some good news today, Eloy Jimenez is going to start his rehab assignment tonight. That's according to Rick Hahn. Jimenez, though, won't be back for the next road trip. That also according to the GM. And then another big one from today Yohan Moncada is not in the lineup. He is dealing with a quad issue. However, it's not significant enough to put him on the IL. Tony La Russa did mention that he is available to pinch hit and also pinch run today if necessary. So we could see Yohan Moncada, but hey, if the White Sox maybe get out to a big enough lead, hopefully we won't have to see Yohan Moncada and he can get that left quad healed up in time for a couple of big series against Toronto and Tampa Bay coming up. Speaking of that Blue Jays series, according to Rick Hahn, Luis Robert will not be active, not just against the Cubs, but might not be back for the Blue Jays series as well. 
He will be back, though, for the Rays. Rick Hahn did say that Luis is doing better, and hopefully all of his symptoms have been very mild, and he will get better soon because the, the White Sox could really use his bat in the lineup. Who couldn't use Luis Roberts' bat in the lineup, as well as his glove out in center field, too, although Adam Engel has done some sparkling things out in center field over the course of his career. Not a bad defensive option to have in your back pocket, Adam Engel, as your backup for center field. But again, getting Robert back hopefully soon, and again, getting Eloy back hopefully soon as well. Also, Joe Kelly, he's on the IL right now, the 15-day IL for pitchers, and that's because of a hamstring issue he's being bothered with right now after he came out of that appearance in the win against Boston. Kelly looked really good, too, struck out back-to-back batters. Unfortunately, on that last batter, he grabbed for his hamstring, and you could tell that he was in some pain because if Joe Kelly is pulling himself out of a game, that's how you know He's really feeling something, so hopefully they'll have him back. He set a timeline for himself at around three to four weeks. It's been about three days so far, so we'll continue to update you over the course of that stuff. Lance Lynn, things seem to be going on schedule with him. The initial timeline was six to eight weeks, and the White Sox hoping to have him back after that six weeks, so that's coming up shortly. He did say, him being Lynn, that he wants to try to get in three rehab starts before he does eventually... Uh, come back and play with the White Sox and and come pitch for the team and and get going here. So hopefully some good things coming up with Lance Lynn as well. If you want to hop on into the conversation, 312-332-3776. In a little bit, we're going to talk with A.J. Pollock. We're going to have our conversation with him coming up at 5 o'clock. Some good stuff with A.J. that I'm looking forward to. He is one of the guys we haven't had a chance yet to talk with on White Sox Weekly. So looking forward to talking with AJ, getting his perspective, because he's got some interesting stuff with what's gone on with his season so far. Obviously, the trade with him that came in so late, and he kind of got rushed out of L.A. And just also changing from one championship aspirations team to another, going from the Dodgers to the White Sox. You don't see two major contenders make those sort of moves with each other especially leading into the season as well so we'll get a chance to pick AJ's brain on that how he's like in Chicago so far also his early glimpse of what he's seen in the White Sox and Cubs rivalry over the course of a couple of games and he'll get another taste of that today so looking forward to that conversation with AJ Pollock coming up at five Hey, learn from the pros this summer at a White Sox summer camp presented by Wintrust. Starting at $159, kids ages 5 to 12 can register for a camp at any of our 50 locations throughout the Chicagoland area. To learn more, visit WhiteSox.com slash play. Before we hit the break, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. From the First Midwest Bank, a division of Old National Bank, State Street Studio. This is WMVP, WSHE HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Sox and Cubs coming up at 6.15. The pregame show gets going at 5.30. I'll have that for you here. Connor McKnight is in the booth alongside Darren Jackson today. Welcome back, DJ. We'll get a chance to talk to him. And don't forget, check out our Twitter poll as well. It's on our account, at ESPN White Sox. We'll get you the answers to that one. It's a good one, too, talking all things rivalries. So be sure to follow us at ESPN White Sox. And also check out today's Twitter poll and vote on that. We'll get you the answers in the bottom of the fifth. And since DJ is back, 
The gateway to the booth is now open as well. So get your questions in. Use the hashtag AskDJ. You can find all that information on our Twitter account at ESPN White Sox. When we return, we will talk with A.J. Pollock, White Sox outfielder, joining us on White Sox Weekly. That when we return on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Tell your smart speaker, play ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. It's the White Sox and Cubs later on today in the Wintrust Crosstown Series. Let's get into things now with A.J. Pollock. He's nice enough to join us on the phone here on White Sox Weekly. A.J., thanks so much for joining us. First time we've gotten a chance to chat with you here on the show. But first, got to ask you this. You have that rare Friday off day yesterday. How did you spend that one here in, in Chicago on a, a decent, nice day? Yeah, of course. That was the uh, first Friday I've gotten off in baseball and since I was about 12 years old. So, um, no, it was good. I just hung out with the, um, you know, my, my daughters, and we just went to the park and kind of had a pretty quiet day, but it was awesome. I was going to say, so you said first Friday off since 12 years old. When's the last time you've had a Memorial Day weekend where you get a Friday off and then you get the Monday off as well? well yeah, I never heard of it. <laughs> I never heard of it, but, hey, I'm not complaining. We'll take it and uh, – you know, I'm sure we'll pay for that having off days that close together eventually. Um, so, but it's baseball, it's the wacky schedule we have right now. We went, I think we went 30 something in a row or 20 in a row or something. So, got a couple off days bunched together. Here. So, baseball players, a lot is said about how they're such creatures of habit, creatures of routine. When you get that Friday off, how weird is that for the body and the the schedule of? of just the entire team and getting into that sort of groove and rhythm throughout the season? Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't know what day it is of the week until <laughs> Sunday. Um, Neither do Sunday's... I. Don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't do weekends in baseball. So usually if you're having an off day, it's a Monday or Thursday. So Friday was a little strange. But, um, I mean, it's not – it's it's one of those you just pick your head up and kind of do a double take at the, at the calendar. But it's not – it doesn't really throw you off that much. So you just, you know. Just one of those things that was a little bizarre. So you get to take on the team from the north side today. You've only been here for a handful of weeks here in Chicago and getting a glimpse of the baseball scene, but you played in that first set of games against the Cubs over at Wrigley Field. Have you gotten a taste for what this rivalry is like between the two teams? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that game was you know about as bad weather as you can get, and the fans were still going nuts. So it was, you could definitely feel the... Uh, the intensity and um you know it's a fun rivalry i'm sure and you know uh, hopefully that'll carry over today and you know have some good energy at the ballpark and um you know put together a good a good game for them so it, was it difficult for you getting in a groove here you get traded so late in the off season and then you come out you play really well in the opener against detroit and then all of a sudden it's an il stint coupled with paternity leave at the same time and now it seems like you're starting to find a rhythm here yeah, yeah, that was a, a, a definitely a, a weird script, but, you know, baseball is a strange game. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have to deal with really, really tough situations, whether it's, you know, you got to move with the whole family and, and everything. But, yeah, I mean, it threw me off a little bit. Um, definitely a little bit of a tough um, situation to find your rhythm when you're looking for a, you know, place to live and you're looking for where your family comes out. And then, um, you know, I had to, we, we ended up having our, our second daughter about 10 days later. So that was a little <laughs> tight schedule there. And then, um, yeah, the, the hamstring was a little tough too. So it was, it was a bunch of things 
put together um, in a, in a close time frame that we're, we're challenging. But you know, like I said, this baseball, you know, you don't want to make excuses for anything. Obviously, uh, you know, I've had some ups, had some downs, um, looking to find some consistency, and you know, I think just the the rhythm of knowing where you're going, knowing the situation, knowing how what's expected at the ballpark, I think that'll help. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the uh, next couple months here and um, with this ball club. White Sox outfielder AJ Pollock, our guest on White Sox Weekly. So you get traded over from the Dodgers. Was it weird for you? You talk about weird scripts in baseball. Was it weird for you leaving one World Series contender and going to another? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what you want, though. You know, you don't want to get <laughs> traded worse, from a, right? Yeah, you don't want to get traded from a team and you know where everything's you know the wind's at your back and everything's everyone's pushing, and then you have a team where um, you know I mean, there's a lot of teams that aren't expected to win at all. This this is not one of them. This team is. You know, they they had an unbelievable year last year, and, and obviously they want to build on that. And, um, you know, it's kind of an exciting time. You're kind of building, helping this team build that foundation. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's weird getting traded in general. It's kind of one of those concepts that, you know, you can you can hear and you can read about, but unless you actually get traded, it's just uh, it's a it's a very different type of situation than uh, most people are used to. So, but happy to be here, happy to be with this ball club. How hard was it leaving those guys in L.A. at the moment that you did? I saw the quote from Justin Turner, too, from a podcast he was on saying he was sick to his stomach with the way that you left and and saying that it was tough to see a guy like you leave because you were the consummate pro in that locker room. How weird was it for you with the timing of everything and leaving that that championship-caliber culture as well? Yeah, no, it's definitely hard. You know, you're with these guys. You know, whatever ball club you're with, you're with them more than you're with your family. So obviously you get to know them so well, and um, you see the, the the highs and the, the lows of each player, and they see you at your highs and lows. So obviously you, you're going to have a, a really really close bond if you're with them, uh, if you're with a group of of guys for a couple of years. But um, but I've been in this game long enough. I've seen so many guys uh, get traded. I've seen so many guys get DFA'd or, or uh, released, and and um, it's it's weird to say it, but it's just kind of part of the game you know it happens and um you know you're not you got to keep moving forward you know and you got to be looking forward to the the ball club you're going to go to and look forward to the the people you're going to meet over there and so that's kind of was my focus and um yeah we had uh getting the family over here getting the family um you know ready to enjoy a new city was was a immediate challenge and then it was playing baseball so winning the World Series with the Dodgers, you've gone through the run, albeit in the shortened season that it was, but what sort of similarities do you see culture-wise between what you had with the Dodgers and now what you have with the White Sox? Well, talent, um, you know, you can say whatever you want, but talent's uh, one of the biggest um, things in, you know, a championship team. So this team's got a lot of talent. Dodgers got a lot of talent. And then, um, you know, things happen. You know, So it's, you know, how do you respond to uh, injuries and, you know, an injury here, an injury there, and then, you know, you, you have to have guys step up, and, you know, that's kind of a, um, that's something you don't, you don't know how a team's going to respond until it uh, it goes through it, and, um, you know, I think this team's already had a bunch of injuries like this early on, and I think, uh, you know, we were, we were hitting a, a, spir- a downward spiral, and I think we did a pretty good job of righting the ship, and, you know, I don't think we've caught fire yet, but I think we did a good job of stopping the bleeding and, you know, getting back to playing good baseball, so, you know, that's, those are the things that I've seen so far, and um, obviously we're going to learn a lot about this club moving forward. 
AJ Pollock with us here on White Sox Weekly. So the news from today, Dallas Keuchel getting DFA'd by the club today. What are you guys losing now in Dallas from a leadership standpoint? You've been in locker rooms with Cy Young winners before, obviously with the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, but what are you losing from a leadership standpoint with Dallas? Well, he's, like you said, he's a veteran. He's being well-respected in the game. Um, he's done a lot in this game, and uh, you know, so it's it's uh, it's a blow for sure. You know, he's a guy that's vocal. He's a guy that you know, you're on the bus, and he's you know, he's he's the guy that puts on the mic and you know keeps everyone loose. And um, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a challenge. And you know, we wish him the best. And you know, it's strange, but like I said, baseball is a, a very very bizarre. Um, kind of weird dysfunctional semi-functional family so you have guys that are you know getting released and traded and you know it's just uh it's his job to keep moving forward and it's our job to keep moving forward without him but you know we will miss him i'm not sure if you saw the story out west uh or actually it took place in cincinnati rather aj but between you talked about the weird and, and sometimes dysfunctional family that baseball can be at times but with tommy Pham and jock peterson getting into an argument over fa- uh, fantasy football and it leads to Tommy Pham, Will Smith-style slapping uh, Jack yep. Peterson. Have you ever seen something like that before in, in baseball? No, no. And I don't know if it was a two-way altercation. Uh, you know, it was a bizarre situation. Um, you know, I'm pretty close to Jock, so I, uh, it's very, very strange. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, one player uh, felt really disrespected and... Um, but yeah, I, I've never seen that. That's very, very strange. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully, nothing like that happens between the White Sox and anyone else, too. So, outside of baseball, what have you enjoyed about your experience so far in Chicago? Uh, the, the city. You know, I knew, I know, I love the city, and um, come to Notre Dame and stuff. So, I've, I've knew the city really well. I was looking forward to getting back here and, um, you know, experiencing it with my uh, my two year old daughter, who's excited for everything right now so there's a lot of good parks a lot of cool stuff to see and we're all uh we're all excited we're excited that the um well hopefully the uh 30 degrees and hailstorms are behind us but um you never know here <laughs> and I, we've, that's something we've noticed um yeah. but yeah no it's 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 a cool vibe it's a place that i've always enjoyed coming to as a uh, a visiting player um whether it's wrigley or it's at you know with the white Sox, but um yeah, I'm excited to uh, to go through summer here. AJ Pollock, appreciate you taking some time with us here on White Sox Weekly. Best of luck in the series against the Cubs, and we look forward to seeing what you guys do down the road as well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's AJ Pollock. He was nice enough to join us on White Sox Weekly. He will be batting sixth and playing left field today for Tony LaRussa. And AJ is getting into a little bit of a groove. You heard him talk a little bit about it, how maybe things were a little bit more difficult with the way that everything went down. You pretty much went through spring training with another team, and then you get shipped on over to the the White Sox, and then all of a sudden you come out, you have a great game in that first opener against Detroit. Then all of a sudden you go on paternity leave, and also your hamstring flared up right before you went on paternity leave, which you were already scheduled to go on. And now you're starting to see A.J. get into a little bit of a groove. He's hitting 217, but that average has definitely gotten better and better over the course of the last couple of weeks. He had a stretch where he was hitting 7 of 18. That came on the near during that Yankees series. So A.J., if he's heating up and that outfield starts producing the way that we think the outfield can produce, certainly going to be a good thing for the White Sox. When we return, we'll get you ready 
for White Sox and Cubs. Everything you need to know heading into this one and also a little bit of a deeper dive into what Johnny Cueto has done in his career against the Cubs as well. It's coming up next on White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Final stretch of White Sox Weekly, and then we'll have the FanDuel White Sox pregame show for you here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Tyler Aki in for Connor McKnight today. Connor will be sitting alongside DJ today. Welcome back, DJ. He will be back on the call after being off during that Red Sox series. So you'll get those two guys coming up at 6.15 for first pitch between the Cubs and the White Sox as the Wintrust Crosstown Series continues later on this evening. Hey, if you're looking for a unique way to start your game day this season, treat your group to a pregame patio party. You'll get two hours of an all-you-can-eat buffet along with unlimited beer, wine, and Coca-Cola products. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash patio or call 312-674-1000. Before I get into some stuff with today's starter, Johnny Cueto, I do want to bring to your attention so something that really cool that we saw out of all the sports teams across our, our great city here in Chicago. It's called the Chicago Sports Alliance. So the collective of the Cubs, the White Sox, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, and the Bears they teamed up and along with the McCormick Foundation to donate $300,000 to National Anti-Gun Violence Advocacy Organization and Rob School Memorial Fund as well. Um, this coming, of course, in the wake of the school shooting down in Uvalde, Texas. The statement, uh, according to the teams, 21 smiles in Uvalde, Texas lost just days before that 10 smiles in Buffalo lost. And unfortunately, across our own city, too many smiles lost to the same issue. It is our responsibility to those innocent lives lost to do more. We are committed to making a difference through the resources in our power to solving this gun violence epidemic. Lives depend on it. This is not a game. Really cool thing to see all the teams come together here. And even though you've got two that are doing battle today on the field, it's always good to see them come together for some things that are bigger than the game of baseball and bigger than than sports itself. And this is certainly one of those causes. And good to see all the the major sports teams in the city come together and be a part of this great initiative um, with the Chicago Sports Alliance along with the McCormick Foundation. Each team pitching in $50,000 there to donate a a sum of $300,000 to these advocacies that um, are for national anti-gun violence organizations. So good to see that across our great city. All right, let's dive into some numbers here with Johnny Cueto as he goes up against the Cubs. Remember, Cueto, very well seasoned against the Chicago Cubs from his time in the National League as well as specifically in the NL Central when he was the starting pitcher for the Reds. Over the course of his career, he has made 27 starts against the Cubs. He owns a 9-10 career record with a 3.48 ERA over 165.1 innings pitched, a 2.42 average against, and has also struck out 133 Cubs over the course of his career to just 50 walks. So Johnny Cueto, obviously not the, the Johnny Cueto that he was once upon a time with the Reds, but... He has shown a lot of really promising things here in the early portions of the season. So for Johnny to go out and have success against the Cubs, an organization that he's oh so familiar with, albeit the pieces not used 
to not what he's used to seeing when he's going up against a Cubs lineup. Like there is no Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryan or Javier Baez. There's still a Wilson Contreras in there for the Cubs. Um, although Wilson on the shelf right now, nursing a little bit of an injury, but he is, I believe, in the lineup today. Let me double check that. Yes, he is going to catch today for for the Cubs. Um, so that's one of the few familiar names, I guess, on the other side for Johnny Cueto. But it's a new Johnny Cueto. It's a new Cubs lineup in there as well. And this is a chance for him to continue to prove what his worth is with this uh, White Sox organization right now because the revelation of Johnny Cueto for the Chicago White Sox has been one of the most important things that has happened so far this season. I think when you look across the board, a lot of the surprises with the White Sox have been negative, whether they have been injuries, whether they have been guys struggling a little bit out of the gate, whether it's just the record right now at 22 and 22. A lot of it has been on on the negative side of things, but this is one of the surprises that has been for optimism. Remember when the White Sox signed Johnny, a lot of people weren't sure, uh, is he even going to make it to the majors? At a certain point, the White Sox had to make a decision on getting Johnny Cueto up to the majors, and I think the the timing of everything sort of worked out. He pitched in, in a doubleheader or in, in that Kansas City series and got things going. It was the first game of the Kansas City series, um, and it kind of was like they're going into a stretch of a five-game series against Kansas City. And you don't get a lot of five-game series over the course of the regular season. And for him to step in and give this White Sox team a little bit of a jolt from the pitching side of things has been very welcome. And it's one of those things that is going to probably have to continue, especially now that Dallas Keuchel no longer with the team after being DFA'd earlier today. And on top of that, you're dealing with some injuries in your starting rotation as well with Lance Lynn. We don't know the exact timetable with that, but hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. And also there have been some injuries sprinkled throughout as well, whether it's uh, what we saw earlier in the season with Lucas Giolito going on the IL or the COVID IL. Um, Michael Kopech went on paternity leave for a little bit as well. So this has been one of the really important things that has helped this White Sox team be where it is right now. If you don't get a good start out of Johnny Cueto against the Yankees, listen, there's not a lot of games that the White Sox or really any team in all of baseball are going to win against the Yankees when you go out there against one of the absolute best offenses in all of baseball and you you only put a handful of runs on the board, three runs to be exact in that, uh, that game against the Yankees. The Yankees aren't losing a lot of games allowing just three runs on the other side because the offense for New York has been so dominant this season. But the way that Cueto has gone out, dealt, and, and just been one of those, I guess, calming presences, and, and just he's been a, a surer thing for this team so far. And that's something that, for the White Sox, when you can get surprises in a good way from your pitching staff, that is going to work wonders for this team moving forward. Because, again, the pitching and the situation that the White Sox are in right now with the the injuries and now the, the departure of Keuchel, there's going to be a, a little shift here. And I know Rick Hahn said the, the DFA of Keuchel wasn't met, meant really to send a message to the team because they are 22 and 22 right now, but that doesn't mean it, it can't send a message to the team. Sometimes there are unintended actions and results as a, as a 
as a result of all of that too because now this White Sox team, there might be a little bit more fire in them. And don't be surprised if you see the bats really come out today. They're going to go up against a pretty good pitcher on the other side in Keegan Thompson, who's a young guy, but he's had a promising start to his young big league career. But this is a White Sox team, a lot of veterans in that starting lineup, and a chance to, to do it against one of your rivals here. And I think even though there's a lot of newer players on this White Sox team, I mean, you just look, Cueto, he's fresh into this rivalry. But He's had a rivalry against the Cubs in the past. He's gone out and had a little bit of extra oomph, maybe, to beat the Chicago Cubs once upon a time. A.J. Pollock, a newer guy to this rivalry. Some of the young guys in your lineup who have only been here for a handful of, of games, months, years, like Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, maybe and even an Andrew Vaughn, too. They don't understand maybe the extent of the rivalry, but this is a chance for for them to really step up and in a big way here and try to sweep the season series against the Cubs because right now this team 2-0 against the Cubs so far and a chance to make it 4-0 in the Wintrust Crosstown Series. Another thing I want to get to real quick, Andrew Vaughn, he's coming off a great performance against the Red Sox where he knocked in five runs, had that big uh, two-run home run, also a bases-clearing three-run double. Andrew Vaughn has been fantastic this season and is looking to replicate that. He's hitting 292 on the year so far. That's second best on the White Sox, only behind Tim Anderson, who's got one of the best averages in all of baseball at 363. Vaughn's also mashed five home runs and is tied for the team lead with 19 RBIs as well. Looking forward to seeing what Vaughn can do against this Cubs team, and it should be a great day for baseball as well from Guaranteed Rate Field, the start of a two-game set against the Northsiders. That's going to do it for us here today on White Sox Weekly. Special thank you to Connor McKnight joining us today as well as A.J. Pollock. Big thank you to Eric Ostrowski, our executive producer, Jake Cantu, Justin Rothman, back in our ESPN Chicago studios downtown. White Sox and Cubs coming up in just a little bit. We will have the FanDuel White Sox pregame show coming up next on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network.